Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi, this is Josh Marshall, and this is the Josh Marshall Podcast. Uh, David. Hey, Josh. Hey, what's up? Kate, what's up with you? Hello. Hi. I mean, the news has returned. We talked last week about how like, we've just been kind of waiting for stuff to happen, and lo and behold. I was, you know, I was just going to say the same thing. I remember in the in, in the last episode saying, like, oh, it's kind of a slow week, nothing too much happening. And, like, right before we started, <laughs> John Bolton got fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's obviously huge news. There's not, it kind of... Trump's third national security advisor within right. a couple odd years, basically, of his right, presidency. Right, right, And so, you know, kind of it is what it is. I don't think we're going to talk too much about that. We've got some other things to talk about on this episode. But I was struck by, and I know we talked about this sort of in our in our editorial chats. As far, I mean, Trump's fired a lot of people on Twitter, but I don't, as far as I can remember, every other time... It's at least phrased. I mean, sometimes it is. Uh, you you so know it's the opposite. It's almost patronizing, but it's usually phrased as uh, you know. Has, David Tainter has <laughs> is is leaving the position of right. X, and we wish him the best. He yeah. did a great job. Bye bye. Yeah, exactly. And this is the first time. It's like, dude, you were fucking fired. <laughs> And you suck, and I told you you were fired, and now you're fired, and you're also you're fired. <laughs> right. I mean, it was like a slam. Yeah, that's true. It's usually, yeah, so-and-so has decided to step down or has withdrawn his nomination or whatever. And so... Or sometimes even the new guy. Fred yeah. has agreed to take over for this, <laughs> and also bye to that guy. Yeah, we thank you for your service. Yeah, exactly, exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, and it, it affects the way you have to write headlines and things like that, too, right? Because it's sort of like so-and-so is out, and that's kind of ambiguous. What were the terms and so on? But yeah, not so ambiguous today. And we got the nice uh, Bolton follow-up tweet just kind of dripping with patheticness of, I tried to resign yesterday. <laughs> he told me to just hold on. <laughs> yeah, just like a, a, like a husk. Of rape them, right? <laughs> well, did you see this thing with uh, Robert Costa that 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 he said um, Costa Costa tweeted that Bolton had texted him, and the quote was basically, "Dude, let's be clear. I resigned. Yes. I fucking resigned. Yeah. I wasn't fired. So like, it's just and and and, but that's kind of an example of." Like fine, you think you resigned, but he said you you were fired yeah. first, so you're fired. Yeah, like mm-hmm. and, and and he's got the bigger megaphone. Right, it's and like, frankly, you just I, seem pathetic. Yeah, like you're not helping yourself. You seem more pathetic, trying because like you know, you're fired. Okay, I mean that's that's, that's it happens. Like you yeah. know, it's it's uh, uh but yeah, that was you a, know what a thing. I actually kind of think that he held on longer than I thought ever since Trump started uh, airing his objections to the right, mustache. Because he was, he was, he took the job April 2018, right? So a little Wait, I, more than I a year. The, I thought the mustache thing came up before he was even hired. Oh, that wasn't, he was in the mix before? Kind well, of I thought there was a thing where maybe like that he was in the mix for something at the beginning of the administration, but Trump has this thing like, 
facial, you know, facial hair, mm-hmm. bad, bad sign. Probably true. You know, I don't know. But, um, uh, but I didn't, I could be wrong. I, uh, but he also has been, I feel like for the last few months, he's been sort of saying, ah, oh, yeah, I disagree with Bolton all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's often wrong. But that's like, you know, I like a, a range of advice. Right. <laughs> right. Especially right. when there were, you know, a stronger likelihood of strikes against Iran and stuff like that. Trump had publicly come out and said, oh, like Bolton and Pompeo, they're getting ahead of themselves. I don't want to go to war with Iran. So that was interesting to see, too. Well, there was also, I thought, you know, there was that thing where Macron invited uh, Zarif, I, I'm, I'm forgetting, mm-hmm. yeah, the, foreign the, foreign minister, yeah. the foreign minister of Iran to uh, Biritz or, or whatever. Yep. And there was some stuff that came out of that that... I don't remember the specifics, but 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 there was reporting after that, like, yeah, Trump's ready to talk. Like, maybe that wasn't the right time, but he's ready to talk. And so that, I imagine, was like a thing, too. And, and a lot of the conversation about the Taliban thing, there was, I, I lose track at this point of, like, you know, where I read what. But there was a long article basically saying that, you know, Trump's thing with the Taliban is th- that he could, like, end this war that no one's no mm-hmm. one's ever ended. And that could be his big 2020 thing. I mean, I don't think there's so many other things going on. I don't think that's going to – no one's going to – I mean, right. I'm not saying no one's going to care about that. No one is going to change their mind about yeah. Trump. But that would be at least something you could talk about. We, yeah. You know, we were there for 18 years. I finally said, enough is enough. I got it done. I made a deal. And he's Mr. Military Guy, right? Support the troops well, kind of thing. Well, except when he's <laughs> skimming money off the top of military projects to pay for the wall. Right, but that's true. this would or, be a good sk- counter narrative. Or skimming directly through, like, you know, putting people up in the Trump hotels to keep them right. to keep them afloat. All right, before we get into the main news, let me let me quickly bring you breaking news in the cold brew world. Grady's Cold Brew is now shipping all of its liquid products nationwide. Now everyone has access to all of the products that made Grady's famous. 32-ounce bottles of New Orleans-style concentrate, 42-serving bag and boxes, and even single-serve bottles. Drink it straight, mix in your favorite milk, or spike it for a caffeinated cocktail. Mm. Grady's is brewed and bottled daily at their brewery in the Bronx, so bottle ship cold for peak freshness. Ready to give it a swirl? Get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. You know, we did the I did the freeform improvisational Grady's <laughs> read last last week. And I and I will say I had been asking for new copy. That's true. But I feel like this is this is Sort of a vote of no confidence in, in my in my in my free read, but anyway, uh, good still st- love Grady's. Yes, good stuff. Even if they didn't like my improvisational read. Yeah. All right, Josh. So and Kate, let's get into some of the news. Story, big blockbuster story came out in Politico magazine yesterday on a topic that you, Josh, especially have been curious about, following closely. I'm very Falwell curious, and that is about Jerry Falwell Jr., the president of Liberty yeah. University, yeah. which is an evangelical college in Virginia. Over the course of I don't know, a year or two, there have been various stories about the Falwell family getting kind of mixed up or partnering with kind of these... Partnering is a good way to put it. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Uh, These young men who kind of ingratiate themselves with the Falwell family and end up, you know, getting successful real estate projects or personal gym facilities. They Uh, get set up in business, basically. Yes, exactly. So Politico had a 
deeply reported story yesterday about this. Kind of catch us up, Josh, on what what sort of was new in this particular story. Well, the the most of the story is about that Falwell runs Liberty University, and I think it's Liberty University and a bunch of sort of like sidecar entities, businesses, organizations, whatever. But the whole kind of Liberty University thing, sort of as like a a a, a real estate fund. Like he has, and, no, and nominally, Liberty University is a nonprofit. Yeah, like most universities. Right. I mean, most universities are are, are nonprofits. Um, yeah, so it's a nonprofit with all the sort of the financial obligations you have with that. Uh, but he, th- th- I think they had a line in the story saying it's like a real estate private equity fund, and just basically lots of business ventures that seem to enrich the Falwell family. Um, huge amounts of self-dealing, you know, finding insiders, setting them up with like, oh, you, you need to uh, be a new, I don't know, thermos manufacturer, and Liberty <laughs> University needs lots of thermoses, you know, just just like kind of nonsensical yeah. stuff like that. So most of it is about just that he runs it purely as a business, and not even like a legitimate business, but lots of self-dealing because it's a nonprofit. But deep down in there, we come back again to this thing about uh, Jerry doesn't seem to roll exactly by Liberty University rules. And he, I don't even know where to start with it. And some of the rules being that it's a strict Christian college, drinking, partying, that kind of thing is... Dancing. Strictly Yeah, forbidden. like all that stuff. Like it's not just, it's not just, you can't be gay. You can't even dance, right? Which is like... Upping right. the ante, you got to leave room for yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, there's stuff in there about. I guess he he won't shut up bragging to all his colleagues about his sexual prowess and his sex with his wife, and like, you know, his endowment and just kind of like wild stuff like this. Which like whatever people have different ways of conducting themselves, but it's not what you'd expect from Liberty University. Um, and then there's another one of these cases where he and uh, his wife, Becky Falwell, glom on to these young men and have relationships which seem odd, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, d- people of different generations. Very different who generations. Are not, who are not, you know, in some cases not even really involved in the university at all. Uh, Especially in the case of, with the hostel in right, Miami so there's Detroit. the case that we know that we knew about where the two of them are at a sort of luxury hotel down in Miami. They meet this pool attendant named Giancarlo. Uh, suddenly, they're flying him up to Lynchburg. They're private go- jet, sort of thing, yeah, private right? jets. They're 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 vacationing at sort of you know exclusive resorts. The three of them, and again. The Falwells are like a little older than I am. They're in their mid fifties, and Giancarlo is like twenty one. Like, that's weird. I mean, I could say, you know, maybe like I might go somewhere with one of my nephews or something, and I have kids. But like, like I but don't know. Striking up a random friendship. Yeah, is, yeah. It's 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 yeah. odd. Um, and then there's then we heard we'd already heard that there are, you know pictures floating around of of Becky Falwell, either provocative pictures or nude pictures or sexual pictures. And these guys seem to end up getting lots of money and getting set up in businesses. So we know, so the Giancarlo sto- story, and there's he has this like hostel down in, down in in Miami. That's been kind of out there for a year or so. 
we already knew that Michael Cohen was in the mix trying to sort of make these pictures go away or help out or something like that. And so in this new story, there is what seems like another pretty similar case where both Falwells have this private trainer, Ben Crosswhite, who... Perfect, perfect trainer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so he's training both of them, and suddenly he... Jerry has one has Liberty University kind of give one of its training facilities to Ben to like set up his own private training center and stuff and one of the things in there is that in in the part of the story that is about Jerry's sort of adventurous sexual prowess and and telling everybody about it that he accidentally texted a picture that was you know it's funny they describe it as as uh, Becky Falwell dressed up in a French maid costume, like mm-hmm. some sort of provocative picture, accidentally texts it to a bunch of his colleagues, which are like, okay, that's embarrassing. Yeah. But like, you know, people take, couples take pictures of themselves, whatever, people's private life. But the, but the weird thing is, he was sending it to Ben Crosswhite. <laughs> right, like okay, what? Like, like that? Yeah. Like, like that's odd. And the the explanation was he it was a thank you for helping Becky meet her her fitness goals, and you're like, what's going on here? This right. is like like you really crush it on the bow flex. Yeah, kind of thing like is this like what a, like what's a euphemism? What's right. not here? Yeah, right. Uh, so um, and then there's this other thing where uh, Jerry and his son Trey are hitting some like nightclub and it's sort of like not just a nightclub but like like a kind of like an out there nightclub down in Miami dancing drinking right right? and there's like a gossip website that photographs them there right like okay you're not even allowed to dance or drink like dance I have have to say that's an enterprising photographer who recognized those guys yeah well maybe they're bigger players in Miami than we realize that's probably true right Um, so anyway uh uh that's not good. And so uh, Jerry gets his Liberty University sort of computer fixer to like, let's get let's make those pictures disappear to kind of like try to downrank them on Google or something. And that guy whose name escapes me at the moment. John Gauger, I think. Okay. John Gauger. Uh, he's also the one that Michael Cohen hired to uh, rig some online polls for Trump. And that and was like, leading up to the 2016 election, yeah, before, right? Before the, to try bef- to sway him to join yeah, the Yeah, exactly, before he had actually announced. Mm-hmm. So you've got all of this stuff in here that, like, okay, Jerry Falwell Jr. is, like, not, you know, maybe a little different than the, than the branding. But where it gets more than just, like, schadenfreude or, like, oh, hypocrisy is that we still don't have a really good explanation for why did Jerry Falwell Jr. endorse Trump when he did. Nowadays, it is totally a given that, you know, if you are a white evangelical in the United States, you believe by you believe in justification by faith alone and Donald Trump, right? I mean, that is like all white evangelicals have to support, or at least white conservative evangelicals have to support Donald Trump. Wasn't the case when 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 Falwell endorsed him. Michael Cohen is the one who brokered that endorsement. He's also the one who apparently was helping get rid of these pictures. Something is going on there, and and all of these reporters are kind of like circling and getting parts of it. But 
no one has been able to completely put right. it all together. But uh, yeah, just speaking of that, bizarre. Speaking of that point, just the complicated nature of this whole story. Kate, you and I were just talking about how the reporting itself has, is very complex and arcane business deals and gym things. It's just kind of a lot to go through. I think the part that interested me the most of this story was the political reporter got so many of these people, these Liberty University employees on the record. And I just thought it was really interesting that kind of across the board, their biggest complaint was more comparing him to his father and Mm -hmm. saying how he has no consideration for the spirituality of the school or there's no love of God emanating from his every pore like there was with the father, which I just think is interesting because you know the weird sexual proclivities thing the courtship of these young men from this like very homophobic institution it's like none of that really seems to bother them as much as the lack of just one tract devout faith kind of thing which is interesting because there are definitely echoes of that in how evangelicals react to trump as well and people are always like oh, this man who's on his third marriage, who slept with a porn star at all these affairs, like that does not seem to really leave a dent. So I, don't, I think it's interesting which parts of their doctrine seem to really you know, emanate with these kind of similarly corrupt and freewheeling you know, figures. Well, one thing, I, it's a really good point, and one thing the article left me wondering about is were they also upset about the sexual stuff and that kind of didn't you know that didn't kind of work its way into the piece as much um but it it you know at a, at a certain level the other part of their unhappiness makes sense that that you know i'm not a big fan of jerry falwell senior's version of christianity but at least to them that was really that was his thing mm-hmm. that was his focus um i think the you know the family did pretty well too but that was kind of you know he built this whole thing and that as they present it jerry falwell jr his big thing is making money from real estate and like kicking liberal ass basically that that those are his things and christianity is like just not his focus and they're obviously unhappy about that but in those quotes like i did it did leave me kind of wondering too like Liberty University, and he's like sending like pictures, like nude pictures of his wife, and which and wouldn't be acceptable in like a normal yeah. place. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. that's exactly. Well, right. and also kind of like he's he he. There's one thing where former what's described as a high level Liberty executive, he's like driving somewhere with Jerry, and Jerry's like, oh yeah, I'm nailing my wife constantly, and and I mean I don't want to get too graphic, but it's talking about like how he's too big for I mean this is like dude this is not acceptable anywhere yeah, you don't exactly. talk this way right. and I I was left wondering kind of like is this so alien and like they don't know what to make of it that it's like they don't know what to make of it and they and the other stuff is I don't know or is it like you say the kind of like the big guy gets to do, do what he wants right. you yeah. know David David slept with Bathsheba right that's how the <laughs> That's how the that's how the top dog rolls, right? I mean, uh, I love how I'm getting pulled into all of the uh, you know the hypothetical. Well, I, I didn't mean David Tainter. I oh, meant right. you know yeah, yeah. I meant King David. Exactly right. But there you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. We need Jane Mayer or someone on the case, basically, to kind of pull these threads together. Well, you know, here's here's the here's the one thing that I have been that I have sort of wrestled with is that if my theory is right, Michael Cohen has a story to tell here. Yeah. But he doesn't seem to want to tell it. 
Like he says, like, oh, I just tried to, you know, Becky Falwell, such a nice woman. I wanted to help her out and stuff. But you'd think, you'd think like Michael Cohen, man, he is cashed out, right? He's like Mr. Resistance, Mr. uh, You know, I, I was fooled by Trump. And yet he's not going there. And and if some if some kind of something like my theory is right, he knows the whole story. And so I've sort of wondered, like, you know, that is that is definitely the part of the puzzle that does not fit my theory. Um, I don't think it necessarily, you know, disproves it either. But it is a kind of a it's it's just bizarre. And I, I do think this, though. As I, I wrote a post uh, just a little bit before we started uh, recording, and you know we live in an era of plutocracy, and what governs the world is money and extortion. You see it again and again in in all through the Trump era, and it's sort of why you know why Trump is is where he is. And I I just think there's again if 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 he's if they're sexual hypocrites like kind of you know it's sort of entertaining at some level but who cares but if this is another way that trump's rise was furthered by extortion blackmail then that's that's a bigger deal yeah absolutely well we'll see where it goes next moving on i wanted to the other kind of big story i mean i guess really the only story that's dominated the news for the last week has been trump's obsession with hurricane dorian basically <laughs> walloping Alabama. It started about a week and a half ago. Kate, you've been writing a lot about mm-hmm. this. Trump tweeted and he spoke to reporters kind of coming and going from the White House that, you know, it's possible Alabama will be hit. Obviously, Alabama, strong bastion of Trump support. Mm-hmm. Then last week, Trump's in the Oval Office. Hurricane Dorian is basically approaching the U.S. Yeah, had, that was Wednesday. It had already devastated the Bahamas. It's on its way to the mainland. And... Trump shows up in the Oval Office. It wasn't really like, it was kind of under the radar for at least a little while Mm -hmm. until some people started pointing out, oh, Trump has this National Hurricane Center map and there's a black Sharpie (laughs) bubble drawn right over the Gulf of Mexico, like into Alabama. Mm -hmm. Tell us about like just watching that video kind of you know, what what it looked like when it was unfolding. Yeah, I mean, that is definitely credit to some eagle-eyed, you know, Twitter observers who, uh, who glimpsed that first. But, it, I mean, it was just the most sophomoric attempt to undergird your own conviction that's been, you know, shot to pieces by... I mean, it's the weather. It's not like, t- you know, and it, it's just... He could have so easily, even if he didn't want to let it out of his, his teeth, just, you know, be like, well, that was an early prediction i misspoke you know the the storm shifted but we're, we're grateful that it's you that know it spared the people of alabama right. for one thing right. you know but um yeah and then in the midst of that you know the the birmingham um office of the national weather service put out a statement you know didn't mention trump by name just was basically like you know people in alabama relax you're fine and you know, any insubordination is a massive deal in in Trump's world. So then it was the stupid Sharpie thing, and then things escalated with, you know, Wilbur Ross back on the scene to threaten <laughs> mass termination if they don't undermine, you know, these, these poor meteorologists in Birmingham who are just yeah. trying to, you know, do their best, which led to the weird unsigned statement of, you know, uh, kind of decrying the Birmingham office for speaking in absolutes. Right. And there was also... In addition to that, there was that other statement by 
what a, an admiral in the Coast Guard or so, someone in the kind it's of the weather counter, hierarchy. Like, oh, a, a, a it's homeland security yeah, person. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly. right, right. You know, it's funny you you, you make that you, you make the point, Kate, about uh, someone on Twitter, and at least that's where I mean that's where I saw it first mm-hmm. because there was this uh, a Twitter account which I hadn't seen before. Um, and I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that person was the one who saw it. Like that person didn't hear about it from somewhere mm-hmm. else, from somewhere else. And I don't think it was like a particularly high traffic, you know, high. Mm-hmm. So it's a relatively unknown account. And it's a funny thing because like, when once you see it, you're like, oh my god. But like, <laughs> I can. I am sure I could have watched that briefing a mm-hmm. hundred times and never noticed that. Yeah. Because who's gonna? I mean. Like, who would ever look, right? Yeah, like, totally. What a bizarre thing. And, yeah, like, and those spectacles have also just, in general, gotten so stale by this point. It's like, we've seen him do these things a million times. His vocabulary is limited, you know? His rhetoric is limited. He says the same stuff every right, time. Right, so right. it gets to a point where you're just like, okay, he's in the background. You know, right, if, right. Any, if he says anything wild, we'll... Yeah, it. no, it's true. And I, I watch those things a lot precisely to kind of just see him say something. Yeah. But I, I am curious, yeah. like whether if the guy was like sort of like a weather nerd and you would, because like I'm not even, sh- I mean, as I'm embarrassed to say this, but like, again, if I had, if I had been watching, I mean, totally obvious now that I look at mm-hmm. it, like there's no black extra bubble. Right? right. But like when I would, if I, if I were looking at it, I might have said like, oh, you know, that's. Maybe that happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, also, Trump is holding up the map. It's not like the camera zoomed in on the map, right? It, they're showing Trump. Yeah, exactly. They're showing the Oval yeah. Office. It's it's not like it was screen. You know, it's not like it jumped out like, in some obvious way. Like, unlike those other ones where, you know, the White House photographers or whatever are able to zoom in on the notes in his hand, right, you know, right, like, right, and right. give us the I hear you type. Yeah, exactly. Insight. Yeah, no, it just kept escalating all week. I mean, Kate, you wrote something. I'm not sure people take are taking this super seriously, but... Like, fucking with the weather report is not something to be taken lightly, right? Especially when there's a, you know, a big storm, a lot of damage. It's killed 70-plus people in the Bahamas, Mm -hmm. right? I think that number is expected expected to go up. Um, It's not something you, you know, you want to take lightly. Right, and I mean, it is in in violation of a federal statute, which actually has a a really fascinating history um, in a time of, you know, like people would use false weather reports in a kind of yellow journalism-y way because they thought it would make it a good story. And people used, uh, you know, exaggerated or inflated storm predictions to try to get people to buy things, you know, so... Oh, like the supermarket exactly. would say, like, oh, my God, there's a Category 35 <laughs> <laughs> coming. That's right. interesting. I didn't... Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was... Um, some scholar who specializes in weather history wrote a cool thing for the Washington Post about kind of the connection of weather and capitalism and how it's always been very linked and how even now, you know, like, weather.com is a, you know, a company and there's right. advertising, yeah, but right. they're just not allowed to make it up anymore. Yeah. So... It, it wasn't like newspapers like trying to sell more copy. It was like companies trying to... Both. Okay. Yeah, she had one anecdote in there where the journalist was just like, well, I thought it, it'd make for a good story yeah, if a hurricane was coming. I will say it's not like... I mean, weather.com, the Weather Channel, it's a le- you know legit operations, but it's not like it's exactly understated coverage, right? It's like Hurricane right. Dorian. Right, right, right. You know, right, right. And you're just as likely, cuffs. you know, if there's a rain forecast to have your sidebar ads are going to be umbrellas, you know? It's right. like those things right. are linked. Right, yeah. It is interesting, though, that this this had been happening, this story had been happening for two or three days, but is this kind of like backdraft thing, like, okay, he said Alabama, he doubled, 
you know, A, he said it, he's wrong. Then it's just one of the million things Trump says that is, right. that is right. wrong. Then he doubled down. And then he had already maybe tweeted a couple times, yeah. like, mm-hmm. yeah, I was right. But it was just this kind of, like, little kernel of a thing that that – just one of the shiny objects of sort of Trump yeah. Trumpdom. And a lot of tweets come and go all day long, right. every day, and not all of them really make the evening news. And so, so But it was that thing with the map when you're like, dude, you have <laughs> lost it, man. Like 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 you yeah. you have really lost the plot here. What are you you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And and then and and that seemed to escalate it more and that's when he basically forced everyone in the you know, the weather chain of command yeah. to sort of like right. And the Washington, the Washington Post reported, according to like, unnamed White House sources, that it was Trump himself who drew the the bubble. And the quote about that was so funny. I mean, it was just something along the lines of, like, who else would do this? You know, <laughs> right, like, of right, course it right, was true, him. Right, right. I mean, can you, you know, no one else wants to probably take the fall for that, right? They're like, I'm not drawing that. You I go still, ahead. I still have a hard time. I, st- I still kind of have a hard time believing that, partly because if you look at it, it's a pretty like elegant oval and like most of Trump's like sharpie things are like kind of this jagged sort of whatever I mean and it's true we need a forensic like handwriting there's something almost comforting about how bad they are at this stuff like any other an an administration that was just as you know corrupt petty whatever but a little more sophisticated would have you know gone on the computer and just shifted yeah, the yeah, path yeah, over totally. a little bit yeah, yeah, but yeah. of course it's so classic trump to just scribble on a circle and be like that's official honestly if that if that were what happened it probably would have flown under the radar for longer oh yeah. absolutely that's what's almost i think like the saving grace of the trump administration is they're just as stupid as they are bad so because i think the map that he drew over was from like Thursday, August 28th or something. And this was like yeah. September 2nd. Right, so, yep. you know, the storm, it was a different projection several days earlier, right? It was showing it. Well, it, it, it wasn't It wasn't just that, though. It was, there's, uh, all right, the, the, the thing was, okay, my, my mistake. The, the the press conference or whatever was, was I guess, the second. But there was, you know, there's, there's, when, there's that, I was confused because there's that earlier point when there was like a small chance it would hit exactly. Alabama. Right. When he started talking about it, it was like four or five days later. Right. right. And then yet another three or four days after that is when you had the, exactly. the Oval Office. Right. But yeah, using outdated forecasting maps anyways, you know. Right. Yeah. Anyways, anything else Sad. to say about that? Um, yeah. What can, I, what can you say? Oh, I guess uh, just the last piece that we didn't touch on is that now the chief acting scientist, Craig McLean, said he's going to launch an investigation into whether this was politically motivated or not, which I'm just, yes. What I'm curious about is is th- that's something usually like an inspector general does. Right. Like, do they have an inspector general or I'm is this sure. guy going to get fired? It's not. Because, this, and he's acting. Like, yeah. why is he at, you know? I don't know. Uh, I'm sure there aren't weird. a lot. There can't be that many internal investigations at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric <sighs> Agency, right? Yeah, I mean, that federal statute now. we were talking about was from the 1940s, so I'm not sure it's been dug out in a while. It, it, it is weird, too, though, that this does seem to have... Some people at the beginning of this, it's hard to call it a scan, you know, scandal, it's so, so silly, were saying sort of like, you know, this is dumb, like, why are we even focusing on this? But it does seem to, it has a resonance that is much greater than things that are probably a lot more important. And I just think it's something that, A, 
everybody wants the right weather forecast, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty basic, and there are, a lot of people couldn't care less about the census. A lot of people couldn't care less about a lot of things, but everybody wants to know when it's going to rain, yeah. right? And they certainly want to know or when there's going to be a hurricane yeah. and you're going to be in danger. And and there's some mix here of of just how sort of bread and butter, very practical an issue this is that you want you want to know about, and it's just so silly. Like you actually like wrote a little, like like it, it's 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 almost like it's very inconsequentialness for Trump mixed with its with its concreteness, just makes it. It really does seem like it upsets people at a level that, again, things that that are objectively a lot more important don't upset. Right. You know, don't upset people. This as is much. a totally different tangent, but in a way, it reminds me of like Bridgegate and the aftermath after that, which is that you mess with the traffic. I'm running late to work. That sucks. So that's like a tangible thing that you know is easy to understand, as opposed to the con- congressional maps were drawn in a you know a way to dis disadvantage people of color or Democrats right. that sort of thing yeah. right. and whether it's a concrete you know it's a concrete thing like that yeah and I also think a piece of it is you know it's the dual force of that's what you weather traffic regulation that's what you can expect your government to do at this very very base level and I think people who don't like Trump it doesn't occur to you that even these really just foundational functions of what a government's supposed to do could be compromised yeah, in some right, way and right. then there's the other factor that some things are supposed to be non-political, and the weather is one of them, you know? Well, that's something that really came out in Bridgegate that, and it goes to your point about everybody, you know, no one likes traffic. Um, and I remember at the time, there was this thing about do your dirty tricks, you know, get your kickbacks, but like you were mad at someone and you made me like sit in traffic for like two hours. Yeah. Like when I'm taking my kids to school, like it's so, it it, I don't know how to um, how to capture it exactly, but it just hits people at some very foundational yeah. level. Kind of like we don't expect you not to do, you know, never to do anything wrong, but like that is just, you know, kind of beyond what what. I can overlook. Yeah. It's so personal. It's, like it's Kate, so petty. Yeah, it's like Kate says. It's just the foundational everyday life things. And when right. that gets messed with, it's like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah. So before we go, let's turn our attention to North Carolina in the 9th Congressional District, the last race of 2018, <laughs> almost over, uh, as we kind of approach 2020, basically. So, Kate, you've been covering this story a lot, but let me just try to give a brief kind of summary of how we got here. Um, this this election was plagued basically from the start with allegations of ballot fraud, stuffing ballots, um, especially having to do with like absentee mm-hmm. ballots, I want to say, right? So mm-hmm. the guy who won, Mar- Mark Harris, Mark Harris mm-hmm. Republican, it's a Trump-friendly district. He won it by what, 12, 12. or six, 12 yep. points in 2016? Mm-hmm. This campaign strategist for the Harris campaign was accused of tampering with ballots, eventually charged in a criminal case that's mm-hmm. ongoing, I want to say, yep. right? Back in, was it March or was it February mm-hmm. when you were covering this story pretty intensely? There was kind of a county board of elections meeting. Right. And Harris was said what? Basically. Yeah. I mean, back then, if you remember, you know, they Harris is ahead by 904 votes. The board of election almost immediately says they're not going to certify it because these rumors are so rampant. Um, and part of that is because McRae Dallas, who is the operative for the Harris camp, who is really um, the one who's been indicted by grand juries at this point, um, 
you know, it, it was kind of a, a poorly kept secret that he did this. He did this in 2016 in a Republican primary, which Harris knew about. Um, and it was one of the reasons he brought him on board because Harris was part of that primary and lost. Um, but basically, so they had these hearings for the board of elections and Harris's son takes the stand and just delivers a bombshell testimony, essentially laying out a paper trail that his father knew about this man's absentee ballot scheme and that it's why he wanted him on board. You know, Harris Sr. ends up kind of storming out of the hearing saying that he's had strokes and he can't deal with it. That's right. I forgot there was a health health element to it. And then joins in the call for the new election, you know, and then that launches poor Dan McCready on the Democratic side was the original Democrat, stayed in for this amount of time. He's now been running for this seat for 27 months. (laughs) Let me ask you one question, Uh because you said, David, you said 2016. What was the result? Wait, who was running and what was the result in 2016 and what was it in 2018? Okay, well, 2018 was... Uh, the, the election we're talking about. Yeah, that was okay. not certified. Right. The only... Uh, what, how 2016 just came up in my reporting is that McCray Dallas was working for another Republican. Right. Um, and that... This guy, Todd Johnson, and then he rigged some counties in his favor. But, I think he won. I just... I know for sure Harris didn't. Right. So mm-hmm. in 2016, a different Republican ran in the general election and won, and then... This was Harris's first time running mm-hmm. in 2018. Right. He had been a failed primary challenger in 2016, comes in in 2018. And in 2018, it was it was pretty close, not with, even with the ballot fraud, right? Exactly, yeah. Okay. Just over votes. 900 votes. Okay, got yep. it. Okay. Yep. Yeah, so they started the new election, and then by that point, Harris was just too, the Republican was too politically toxic right. to join in again. So they got the state senator, Dan Bishop, who's, you know, fully fashioned himself as just a Trump facsimile. You know, he does, says the same phrases, does the fake news thing, yeah. the socialism thing, is hoping that tying himself closely to the president in this district, which a, a Democrat hasn't won since the 1960s, will be enough to get him through the hump. And then all that notwithstanding, um, you know, the polls have them really close right now. McCready, the Democrat, had a huge fundraising advantage for a while, which has kind of been equaled out because there's been so much outside there was, spending. There for was the a Republican. Republican primary for the special election, yeah. too. Isn't that right? Uh-huh. So there were different people running kind of he had the McCready had the advantage of being the only Democrat <laughs> for, for two a little while. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> now, is 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 with the Bishop guy. Is he still at a disadvantage with like hard money donations? Then it's just so many outside groups are kind of coming in and evening the score with advertising. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, I think you said it's the second most expensive special election. Yeah, in so history. far it's uh, at around ten point seven million, falling second only to the Georgia sixth when Ossoff and Handel faced off. Right. Which was twenty seven million. Which that oh is my crazy, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> for that house, was, for that house was, seat. That's well, that was a funny because that was sort of everybody's pent up yeah, yeah. rage and anger <laughs> about right. Trump winning was like poured into that right. into that was campaign. that in 2017 that race yeah well that was mm-hmm. you know price was was exactly i mean right. this is like ancient history now <laughs> yeah. price was was appointed hhs hhs freed up his thing and then that was a special election that people don't remember that was newt gingrich's seat right newt gingrich uh resigned that seat i'm not sure if there was someone else who held it for like a couple terms and then price or maybe price wanted immediately after Gingrich uh, resigned. But yeah, so that was that, you know, kind of an uh, I don't know, iconic seat. Yeah. So the latest, Kate, the latest polls have uh, 
don't they have McCready like a little ahead? I the ones I've seen have bounced back and forth by one to two points, kind yeah. of thing. And probably within the margin of error, more or less. Right. right? And yeah. special elections are like it's hard to poll impossible. these things too. Yeah, yeah, impossible to poll. And right. then tr- so Trump was there last night. Yeah, and he's like all in. And Pence too, right? Trump and Pence. Yep. Yeah. I mean, the whole gang. Trump has fully tied himself to this he race. He sent at least two tweets today for Dan Bishop. Right. Well, I guess it's one of those things where a lot of times if Trump thinks someone's going to go down, he will not, you know, because what matters is is how it affects him. True, yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, yeah. but the crux of the thing is, you know, Bishop should not go down. Just looking at the, the district, the fact that a Democrat is within striking distance is, you know, it's nuts. And it shows, I think, a lot of the shifts that Republicans are really worried about because, you know, this district has some of Charlotte. Where is the district? Okay, yeah. So it's yeah, suburban and then Charlotte, something like A chunk less? of Charlotte okay. itself and then the suburbs and a little bit of rural area to the east of it. Got it. So got it, it is it. kind of a cross section. You know, it, it has suburbs. It has more Trumpy areas. Um, and it's, you know, clearly trending bluer. So I think people are, you know, Republicans are, concer- are concerned because if they lose, that's a a big loss, you know, and there, I think there's some, you have to be a little bit careful about using special elections as bellwethers for generals because it's different. It's got more attention. It's, you know, isolated. Right. Exactly. But, you know, anything but a huge blow away win for Republicans is a bad sign for them. You know, it's interesting you said about that it has some of Charlotte itself, because a lot of these, I mean, North Carolina is one of the most notoriously gerrymandered states in the country. And one of the things about what that Hoff, Hoffeller, you know, yeah. the guy who, who passed away about a year ago, who was like the big uh, gerrymandering guy, one of the things they did, and is in some cases come back to haunt them, is that in a case like that, what they're probably doing is like, okay, let's, let's you know, we're going to anchor it in, in the suburbs and, and rural, but let's get a bit of the city. Because you know he'll absorb some of the Democrats in the, in the city, and that and and we can sort of uh, you know neutralize whoever those voters are in that city who probably you know probably would vote for Democrats, and so now it's kind of coming back to haunt them a bit as the as the trend turns, because possibly if that were just a suburban and rural district, that even with Trump and even everything that's going on, they still wouldn't have a problem. Mm-hmm. But it's that you know it, it's that. Uh, trying to have everything yeah that right. kind of comes back and and, and haunts them yeah now. and I, I think dan mccready uh the democrat has fully fashioned himself into the kind of democrats that were the blue wave in 2018 like he's young he's a marine veteran and he's very much laser focused his campaign on health care that's his big issue you know he's distanced himself from democratic candidates you know he doesn't have Trump's name in his mouth all the time. He's very much running, you know, going for the bread and butter issues kind of thing while Bishop is going fully for, you know, you send me to Washington and I will protect the president. Right. So. Sounds like the kind of guy, if he pulls it off, would be probably have a strong future in the party. Yeah. If McCready does? Yeah. 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 No, that makes sense. And and I wonder, it's funny, you know, the, in, the, in the 90s and even into the aughts, North Carolina was basically a red state, but also... You know, John Edwards was from North Carolina. Um, they had a few uh, Democratic governors. So it was always one of those, there were people coming, you know, Democrats coming out of North Carolina. Yeah. And that's not, you know, really not been the case yeah. uh, of late. So that would be interesting. Yeah. I mean, 
Kate, you and I, I think we're talking about this this morning. It seems like the conventional wisdom is basically if the Repub- if Bishop hangs on, mm-hmm. yeah, it's Dems in disarray. It's a it's another it's a blow to the to the left. If McCready pulls it off, it's kind of like oh, Trump's really toast in twenty twenty. Is that right. kind of your I sense, mean, there, more or less? I think there's going to be you know frenetic spinning on both sides, whatever yeah. happened. But you know, the core of the issue is this should be an incredibly safe seat for the Republicans, you know, and McCready should not be close. And given even given the original election taint and everything, I mean, it's just Trump won this by 12 points in 2016. He didn't squeak by, you know, so anything. Yeah, the essentially Bishop should run away with this race. And if he doesn't, I think Republicans are have reason to worry. And based on how much outside spending has poured in at the end of this election, they are worried. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Got it. All right. All right. Is that it? Is that all we, uh, we have to go back and find out what happened to John Bolton? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so, someone's, someone, someone texted me while we were recording that, um, you know, he doesn't seem to be, like, going quietly. And he's not, and he's not one of these people who, um, I mean, for all the craziness, we're better off with John Bolton out of the White House. As, as, as insane as Trump is, we're still better off with John Bolton out of the White House. But John Bolton was a brand before... Donald Trump. I mean, he had one of the most lucrative Fox contributor contracts like out there. He was making five hundred plus thousand dollars. Really? A year oh, from, from Fox. just from, from well, Fox. He also has like he also had set up a number of like kind of packs and stuff like that that seemed largely about giving money to John Bolton. Basically, <laughs> um, seems like he's yeah he was probably doing well at that. Yeah. So 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 there there's there's a lot of that, and I. Do my own hunch here is that this is not about the Taliban thing. This is about Iran. Yeah. Um, so we'll, I guess we'll 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 see what happened there. So yeah. uh, let me let me remind you. There's this uh, all points bulletin from the uh, cold brew iced coffee world that Grady's cold brew is now available. Uh, and they say liquid products. It sounds like like vaping <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. Uh, is it, everywhere. So everywhere around the country in all 50 states. I assume all 50 states. Even the even the the weird states of uh, Alaska and Hawaii, which are not we just not, lost all our Hawaiian and Alaska. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, it's not part of. It's they're out. They're like islands or they're off kind of jutting off Canada. Yeah, so you, gotta, to you probably have to them. upgrade the shipping there. You want to make sure it's well, that's, that's, fresh. A, that's what I was that's what I was saying. I mean, it's not just a dig at, <laughs> yeah. at, at, at Alaska and, and Hawaii. I don't Our know. non-contiguous friends. Yeah, ex- non-contiguous friends. But uh, if you are ready to give it a swirl, get 20% off your first order at Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. That's Grady'sColdBrew.com with promo code TPM. And don't forget to become a member of of TPM. That's how we fund this whole operation. Uh, we are coming up on a big uh, sign-up drive uh, in the second half of September. We have a really critical goal that we are trying to meet for our overall membership numbers. That really is what finances TPM, and TPM is what puts on this show. So if you enjoy the show, certainly if you are a reader of the website, join Prime um, and become a part of our family and part of our what makes all this happen there's even a special offer for listeners to the josh marshall podcast which you can get at talkingpointsmemo.com slash deal and that is 20 percent off a prime membership yeah, so we should definitely it. do that Absolutely. okay later right. thank you guys bye bye
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 